Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Elderly people living alone in large homes will be incentivized to move to smaller ones to a mix of tax incentives and grants under new government plans. Ahead of the publication of the Housing All or Housing for All plan next month, Taoiseach Michal Martin told the Irish Independent that measures being examined include incentivising uh, for right, what they call right-sizing. And there's lots of housing out there where people may downsize, for example, if there was a good incentive to do so. And Minister Martin said in an interview in the Irish Independent. Now, according to Michal Martin, he also said the housing crisis will have, dealt, will have to be dealt with in the same manner as COVID. Now, it's an awful shame you didn't think about that before. COVID, by the way. Anyway, every single avenue has to be explored as to how we can provide more units and more housing. Almost 7 in 10 people in Ireland are living in homes that are too large for their household needs. 7 in 10 people. The classic cause of under-occupation is older individuals or couples remaining in their home after the children have grown up and left, and that's why we mentioned that earlier on, while family breakdown can, cause a re- cause, uh, can also result in under-occupation. And this is according to Eurostat, by the way. On average, there are 2.1 rooms per person in Irish households compared to the EU average of 1.6. Are you listening to this? This is really, these are really important figures. This is why we have a housing crisis. So listen to that figure again. On average, there are 2.1 rooms per person in Irish households compared to the EU average of 1.6. Nearly twice as much when you look at it. So, the Republic of Ireland's high rate is believed to be linked to the large number of adults living in empty nests, households and relatively larger size of traditional Irish family homes. Now, in a nutshell, basically, you've got somebody, you've got two sections of society here. You've got the private private houses and you've got council houses. Private houses, there's not a lot you can do apart from tax people. Bedroom tax, I'm going to come to that in a second. With council housing, we do have a right, of course, because uh, as citizens, we pay taxes. The state owns the houses. That doesn't mean for one minute, by the way, you make anybody homeless. But certainly if you've got, you know, somebody who's maybe widowed or widowed and they're living in a house that's four bedroom. And meanwhile, you've got a family living in a hotel with three kids and they can't get a house. That doesn't make any sense, any logical sense at all. Now, I'm not suggesting for a minute you turf people out on the streets. That certainly wouldn't be the way to go. But you incentivise people by saying, well, here you go, we've got a lovely little two-bedroom apartment for you here. You can live here and you can have your sister or your brother or your grandchildren over for the day because you've got a spare room. But you don't need to live in a four-bedroom house. Now, when it comes to private dwellings, of course, it's not quite as easy because they own the homes. But what you could do and what the government is suggesting is incentivising it by means of tax. In other words, in the UK back in 2013, they introduced what they call bedroom tax. Now, bedroom tax means that if there's two people living in a four-bedroom house, two of those bedrooms are spare, at least. Unless you're sleeping together, of course. Two of those bedrooms are spare. And two of those bedrooms will have to be, pay a tax at the end of the year. Unless you rent them out. If you rent them out, well, then you don't have to pay a tax on them. So I want to know if you think it's a good idea. Do you think it would be a good idea to impose, say, a bedroom tax or a tax on people to encourage people to downsize? And do you also think it's a good idea to encourage people to downsize generally when it comes to council housing or any other type of housing? Let me know what you think. The number's 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. In the meantime, I thought I'd speak to my good friend, Carl Dieter, on the matter. Carl, good afternoon to you. How are you getting on, Niall? Carl, I mean, this idea has been floated for a long time. And you yourself talked about the fact that we have so many people living in this country who are living in a house that's too big for them, or indeed maybe too small for them if they're a family. And the right way to tackle that problem, of course, to get back to the housing crisis again. 
Yeah, so, like, I suppose when you talk about tax incentives, that worries me because, you see, we already have the most generous tax incentives in this country, bar none, exist to help people downsize. And it's called no capital gains on your primary home. So if you, if you buy a house for 10 or 50 years ago and you sell it today for $5 million, it's a zero tax bill. If that was anything else, you'd be paying a tax bill of one and a half million euros. So what I'm already saying is if we already have such a golden goose and people still aren't moving, then what are the reasons? And usually it's because you can't just tell people to get out of their home. They actually like living Well, you there. can't. I mean, it, I mean, realistically, what are the, the laws around this? Okay, if it's council housing, of course it's owned by the state, and you could incentivize that a lot easier. But if it's private housing and, you know, Mary is living there and she's a widower, or I should say a widow, and, you know, the grandkids come over the weekend and she wants to keep that five-bedroom house in Ratgar, I mean, what can you really do about that? Oh, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying you can't. You can't just go kicking people out. Like, this is the thing. that You know, that quite often one of the reasons they want to live in a larger house is so that they have the ability to accommodate and take in visitors. And that can also include if you've got people who are, uh, you know, minding grandchildren during the day or say if the, the, the son or daughter has kids and they live in an apartment and, you know, there's no backyard and so they might have a swing set there or whatever. It's like loads of complicated reasons why this happens. The question is, is there a way to, to kind of put these problems together and try and solve them? Uh, and, and one thing, the first thing, and it's the most brutal instrument of all, is higher property tax would help. So if people, you know, actually had a tax that was in line with the value of the property they ha- they owned, they might start to say, well, I don't actually want a five grand tax bill. Uh, I might downsize. I, this is actually giving me the incentive to cash in on that golden goose, no capital tax and, and use that. Because, uh, I, because I know in the U- United Kingdom and certainly in America, that is a consideration when you're buying a home is the rates in the United Kingdom or the property tax, which is quite high in America. And you believe that would be a consideration for people if they had to pay a higher tax rate, if they had to pay, say, one and a half thousand or two thousand at the end of the year. But again, you know, taxation is not always the way to get out of a problem. I mean, th- I, I suppose in, in the UK, the way they solved or they believe they solved that problem going back in time was a bedroom tax. Would that you be- was actually highly effective. People, people gave out about it, but it actually did help a lot. And one of the things I would say is in Ireland, we, we have this fixation with never offending anyone. So there's this, you know, 100% political decision based on the finest level of cowardice that you could ever hope for, where they haven't reviewed property tax since 2013. Now, in the north of Ireland, you'll get a tax bill on a standard, you know, two up, two down house of well over a thousand sterling. Now, the average, the average now in Northern Ireland seems to be about 1,600. Yeah, yeah. but do, do you ever see one of the letters that you get up there? It says, this is your bill, pay by September, or we will bankrupt you. There's no messing about. They, don't, they just don't accept it. They don't say that, you know, you're getting away with this. Yeah, but, but, in, but, in, fa- but in fairness, Carl, you know, we can't compare rates in Northern Ireland to property tax in the south of Ireland because rates in Northern Ireland also cover your bin collections. They cover a lot of other things that we don't cover in property tax. Okay, we have to let, pay extra let, for those. Let's just say, for instance, that they said, we're going to roll your, bin cover, your, your bins into your property tax. All right, and your average person might be spending, say, three hundred euro on bins and one hundred and fifty on property tax. Okay, so now you're up to, you know, say three, you know, whatever that number is. It's like two fifty, one one hundred and fifty, four hundred euro. It's still not sixteen hundred sterling, which is about two grand. So you know, if the government had any smarts, they'd just say, yeah, we're going to unify the the, the country okay, well, okay, well, in terms of, in terms of how we tax property. Well, that that deals with the private sector, and your your suggestion is tax. I don't ever believe, by the way, taxing somebody is the way to get out of a problem. But that's your. No, theory. I, I'm saying it's it's one of the, one okay. of the things. I actually wrote an article about this only today on 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 a website called Medium, 
that you could start to make it so that people could split their homes into two and stay there and rent out, you know, a whole separate floor in a very large house. So in other words, you wouldn't pay the bedroom tax if you were if you rented out a room, for example, and that would encourage people to rent out rooms, of well, course. Well, the, the other massive tax benefit that already exists is you can get 14000 a year totally tax-free for renting out rooms. But if it's, a de- if it's detached to your house, that doesn't count. But what if we did something like make an incentive where we allow people to build granny flats in, in the large backyards that quite often exist in these, in these same houses where you've got one person living on their own in a four or five bed house and they could live in an A-rated granny flat, you know, with rooms, keep the backyard and rent out the, the, the house at the front. But because they can't get more than 14000 or they'd be paying tax, that would actually lower rents. You'd actually artificially push rents down while making housing available. Okay, so you, well, well, you, you could do smarter things. Okay, all right, okay. But that, that's one of the things that have been looked at, by the way, as tax incentives anyway. But in, in relation to council housing, we're in a different field now because those houses, of course, are owned by the state and people pay a rent. But there is this idea that if Mary or Johnny have been living in the house for 40 years and raised their kids, in a, say, in the middle of Finglas or wherever it happens to be, you know, that they have some level of entitlement to stay there. So if Mary or Johnny, you know, is living on their own and they're, they're, they've no kids living in the house and it's a four-bed house... Should they be allowed to stay there till the day they die? Well, when you say they have an entitlement, they actually genuinely do have an entitlement because in this country, if you get social housing, you've won the, the housing lottery. Once you qualify for it, you have it for life. Even if you become the CEO of you know a multi-billion euro company, the council have to house you for the rest of your life. Uh, the question is, do they have to house you in the property that you were housed in? And there is a thing called the transfer list and there is some movement in it. But there's certainly, there's a huge amount of people who, in the private sector, they bought a house and might be living there on their own. But in the, in the, in the, in the public kind of uh, housing realm, they may have raised a house there and be living on their own in a four-bed, three-bed house. And there's actually thousands of examples of that across the country. While at the same time, the council are housing families of five and six people in a one-bed in massive overcrowding. But there's no. And what are the statistics on that, Carl? When you say at the same time, I mean, do we have evidence that there's a massive amount of people who are living in oversized houses and a massive amount of people with larger families living in houses that are too small for them? So do, do we have evidence of that or is there large, a good amount of evidence in relation to that? Well, yes, no, we actually do have evidence. So I collated figures. Now, they're a couple of years old at this stage, but they still go through it. And they show that the, uh, the, the number of houses with under-occupancy is... You know, it's in it's in the thousands. So if you look at at a uh, say a, a, a three bed unit, a three bed home, or a two bed home in Dublin City Council, there's 825 houses that only have one occupant. There's nearly 2,000 houses that are two beds with only one occupant. Now at the same time, you've got 250 examples of six occupants or more in a two bed. Okay. Now, if you took the 250 families that are, are in a two-bed and swapped them out into the 825 fam- people that are mm-hmm. living in a, in a three-bed on their own, you'd instantly alleviate a huge problem in our housing crisis. Okay, fact, and, and that you, theoretically you sounds brilliant, Carl, <laughs> but who's the one to turn around to that person who's living in a house that's too big for them and say, listen... You know, we want to downsize you into a small one-bed apartment or a two-bed apartment or whatever. The it has same to be. people who put them there. That's but, the yeah, but you, the yeah, but that has to be done consensually, voluntarily, and people. I mean, do you incentivize well, well, that with a check or know, something? I don't know. If it, it needs to be consensual. But that because, would be. But that would be grossly unfair, wouldn't it? If you did, well, I mean, you can't look, kick look, granny okay. out of the house. Look, we have a duty to house people. No one is reneging on that. 
No one's saying that it doesn't exist. All right. So let, that's, let's be clear. We're not, we're not saying that you're going to be homeless. But do you have the God-given right to occupy state property in, in that way while other people are suffering and where it's state property that the state owns, it's there for the yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but there's more to just the property. When you have Mary or, or, or Johnny living in this house for 40 years, on their own, be it, uh, in a larger house, they're part of the community. They have neighbours. They have friends. Oh. I mean, you, you have to incentivize. You can't just turn oh. around and say, listen, we're right, going to ask you to do it, but if you don't do it, we're going to boot you out anyway. Let's just be really simple here. There's, there's at least, at least some of the 825 houses with just one person living in them. And at least, bearing in mind the size of Dublin City Council, and this is replicated, by the way, in Fingalds and Leary, Rathdown, South Dublin Council, they all have the identical, same problem going on. There are at least some of those properties which are within a stone's throw of each other. And someone somewhere could identify them and say, you're not going to leave the community. You might move 100 metres down the road, you know, or... Or, or 500 metres down the road, but you're not leaving, you're not being expelled, you're not being sent to, you know, the back end of, of Ross Common or, or, or sent to the, you know, Arctic Circle. Let's just be clear, like, we, we, if we're going to have a common sense conversation about this, it can't start with, I'm not doing anything and you're not making me change, it's mine. It's not yours. That's why it's called a council house. The council own it. And the state, by, by extension, and everyone in this country owns the council because we're in this together. So, like, how can you have private property rights on state property? You can't. So, oh, okay, so acting okay. it or framing it in that way is wrong. All right, well, look, just finally before you go, Carl, as well, the Thomas Leo Radka set a new target of building 40,000 homes every year. This is the Fine Gael Ardesh, uh, last weekend. Do you have much hope in that? Do you think that's a little bit fantasy? Do you ever hear that expression about Bob Hope? <laughs> <laughs> Bob and no, wasn't that it? You've either Bob or no hope, yes. So you yeah, don't believe yeah. that's realistic, no? Ah, look, it, well, well, look, one thing I do like, a lot of the stuff they're coming out with, like it's got snappy headlines, you know, housing for all, 40,000 houses in a year. Like I do, I do like the marketing of it. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't knock them on that. You know, it's, it's ambitious and it sounds good. And but it's not going to happen. Can, well, all that stuff aside, I mean, because we know it's not going to happen, but I'm just saying like, they're, they're kind of framing it and, and advertising it good. Like it's, at least it's catchy, you know, I mean, it does have that going I can, on. I can hear the cynicism there. Listen, thank you very much indeed. That's <laughs> enough. Uh, Carl Dieter, thank you very much indeed for joining us today. Cheerio. Well, there you go. And, and, and you know what? The question really is here what Carl was talking about. And Carl was basically saying that council housing is owned by the state and by you, the taxpayer, because, of course, by, uh, uh, by that very meaning that we all are responsible and we all have an ownership of some level degree as taxpayers of council housing. And he's saying that if people are not willing to move, well, then you just have to move them. But is that fair? Because as I pointed out to Carl Dieter, um, you, you, know, you might have you know, Mary or Johnny living in a house, you know, in, in a council estate. Okay, the house is too big for them. And it might be a four-bed house. There's only two of them living there. But they know all their neighbours. They live there all their lives. And Carl is saying essentially, well, look, you offer to give them a nice place at a good deal, a nice two-bed apartment somewhere or whatever, a two-bed house somewhere uh, that's more suitable so you can move your your four-child family into that house who are suffering in a hotel somewhere. But if they don't want to move, you just do it because they don't own the house. So you just have to say, well, I'm sorry, we're doing it whether you like it or not. And I think that's what I'm getting from Carl. But is that fair? I mean, when you consider the statistics that he's clearly pointed out and that the government have pointed out and that Eurostat have pointed out that in Ireland, too many people are living in houses too big for them. Do you think it's fair to 
essentially boot people out of house. Now, you're not making them homeless. You're giving them somewhere else to live, but it's somewhere more adequate for their needs. Is that a fair thing to do? And is that the right thing to do? Let me know what you think. The number is 87 Should Granny be kicked out of the house to make room for a new family? All right, some your text coming in. I have a four-bedroom cottage with a 28-foot extension and live alone, but it's for my children and my grandchildren not to solve a problem. This stupid government have no interest to solve the problem, says Joe and Kildare. Little person says, interestingly, our media will take any opportunity to heap praise on Jacinda Ardern, yet shut up shop when she solves New Zealand's housing problems by banning foreign nationals from buying homes and banning foreign entities from investing in housing. Well, we are very good at heaping praise on her when she does certain things, but not when she does others. Um, and the person says, get that idiot off the airwaves. Uh, are you talking about Carl? Anyway, uh, he's on to slag the unemployed, etc. He's not even Irish and slagging Irish people. Uh, turning off now. He, well, he is actually Irish. He just happened to be born, I think, in America. But however, there you go. Uh, another person says, no, why aren't, we, why aren't you talking about COVID no more? <laughs> well, I, I think everywhere else you'll hear it anyway. Maybe, maybe we're kind of getting a bit sick of it. That too will be youth in our, that too will be youth old folk to get their gaffes. I don't think that's what Carl is suggesting for a minute. What he's suggesting is he's not suggesting for one minute that you throw people out on the street. What Carl Dieter is saying is that there's a stock of smaller houses available that people who are living in houses that are too big for them, and of course when you look at the Eurostat stats, on average 2.1 rooms per person in Irish households compared to 1.6 in the EU on average, that he's saying that move people in to smaller houses and then move those families who really need the bigger houses into those houses. It's not, it, it doesn't seem to be rocket science, but I do understand the complications involved in it. And let me go to Sam. Sam, you're in Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, Sam? How are you? Sam, there is a problem when we've got, you know, a, a, you know, a statistic like Ireland, you know, people in Ireland have 2.1 rooms per person where the EU average is 1.6. That's a problem, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, we have less than that in our house now, I must say. But. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know. <laughs> Most people have, to be honest with the life experience. Oh, no, no, but, I, I found um, uh, there was another. Uh, uh, there was a woman talking elsewhere. Now I had some sympathy for her at first, but then she said that her and her husband—they're both retired and they have two houses. And I'm kind of thinking, if you're struggling to sell, and then that's private sector as well, but struggling yeah. to sell them to then get a house that suits their needs, you know, somewhere else in the country that would be yeah. Well, look, Mihal Martin has talked about this and trying to solve the housing crisis. There are two different entities here, the private housing and the council housing, right? Private housing, the only way to solve that problem is covered as far as... More you know, some people's, Well, no, it's taxing bedrooms, for example, to encourage people to mm-hmm. downsize. And when it comes to council housing, well, of course, we own council housing. The state owns council housing, so it's downsizing people who don't need to be in large houses. Is that an option? I think it probably should be, yeah. But, but how do you do that? I mean, let's go back to that theoretical example of Mary, who's a widower, or a widow, should I say, and living on her own, say, in a council house in Finglas that's four-bedroom. And she doesn't need the four bedrooms, we know that. But she's lived there all her life for 40 years. Her kids have grown up and yeah, moved on. How, I, how do you deal I, with that? Ideally, as he was saying, ideally there should be the kind of retirement, you know, proper, proper good retirement-type places for people, as in not, not nursing homes, but places... Small apartment complexes where you've got people of you know similar age who can least you know in that case you know presumably being a widow if her family aren't close to her mm-hmm. it's probably going to be good for her to be in a complex where she's got the same level of autonomy she's got a smaller house to maintain and she's also able to meet and do things with all the other older folk in the same but, situation. And her argument will be, or his argument, as the case may be, will be well hold on I want that house because when my daughter comes over the weekend and. She might stay the night with the grandchildren. And I want that extra, See, I want those extra con- rooms. 
that, that's where it gets complicated. I have sympathy for someone like the, the one of the other fellows is saying. I have sympathy for someone who's you know saved up their life. They've bought, they've got their mortgage on their house. They bought their house. They've been smart the whole lives of that, and they bought it with the intention that well, my kids will need this, or if they don't need it, they'll be able to sell it at some point, and it'll help them buy a house. And mm-hmm. you know, it seems like. If you're if you're getting rid of it in that sense, you're deterring people well, from well, being smart with the money. And yeah, well, that's all well and good in the private sector. The house, if if is the daughter like you know in that situation is the daughter also on the social housing list? Is she also benefiting from state housing? Like you, you wonder mm-hmm. what would be the case there. I, I, and again, I, I understand the point you're making, but if you're in a private house and you've paid your mortgage all your life and you're finished paying for your house, that's your choice what you do with it. If you want to leave mm. it to your kids or you want to yeah, hang yeah, around there. Yeah. Uh, now, mind you, the incentive is there, uh, and there was a suggestion last year in Ireland of bedroom tax. They brought it in the UK in 2013 that they incentivize people by charging them a tax or a higher rate of those, property tax. Well, those people already paid their tax when they paid for a bigger house. That's what I would say to them. Mm. Like, you know. Okay, well, well, stay there for a second. Then we go to Robbie as well. Robbie, you're in Ireland's classic kids. How you doing, Robbie? Good, Robbie. I mean, there's no doubt something has to be done, but how do you deal with what's a very sensitive issue, really, isn't it? It is. I mean, like, Carl Dieter was throwing out the sound boys because he, he loves to talk about people throwing out sound boys, but moving people 500 metres or 1,000 metres down the road to these units that are not there, you know, that's all well and good. But I agree with that chap there. There's one of the first things he says that there's a, one of those nursing homes or, I should say, old folks areas. Villages, uh, yeah, in, retirement villages, yeah. In yeah. Limerick. And they're a fantastic idea. It's one thing oh, they have them all over America. Right. They have them all yeah, over America. Yeah. Yeah. It's one thing that the Yanks do, right? And on, on site, you have a doctor, you have a pharmacy, you have shops, and you have bus routes and mm-hmm. bus shuttle routes and the likes of that. And I think that's a fantastic idea. Now, from my job, I can tell you now, off the top of my head, I reckon there's about 150 senior citizen units being built in um, South Dublin and Dublin City. Mm-hmm. And that's just off the top of my head. So if they're talking and they want to be genuinely serious about doing this, like if both the maybes are great, but if you want to go and do it, go and build the units because there's not enough of them out there. I don't know where all these units, Carl, that you're talking about are. Well, no, no, he made the point that the council, for example, when you look at, say, the four and three bedroom houses, You've, yeah. you've got a situation statistically where you've got four kids living in a three-bedroom house with, with their mum and dad, and you've got yeah. other council houses where you've got two kids living in a four-bedroom house with their mum and dad, and he said they need to be switched over, and they do. Yeah, they do, and, and that's, there's this house-swapping thing. That's not the technical transfers, term. But transfers, is, transfers, yeah, transfers, transfers. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, transfers. Transfers. Yeah, but if I go to that, you know, that family with the two kids in the four-bed house and say, listen, you know, this house is too big for you guys. We need to move you to a smaller house. They've got to go, no. No, you're not going to yeah, move us. Well, I mean, the thing, the thing is that, it, and I've seen it with work as well, that a lot of people who move into houses, where to be social or private, it's, it's, the, it's the fabric of the community as well. They're, they're, it's, it, they got them into schools. They're in the schools of that area. You know, there's a lot there's a lot going on there. With the younger families, it's probably a lot more complicated than it would be with senior citizens, you know, because if you turn around, there was a scheme, I don't know if you remember going back probably 15, 20 years ago, that... When Dublin City Council were building senior citizen units, they were offering um, people in private and council houses incentive schemes to move from their house into the senior city and giving them the kind of the, the remainder of the, the money that cost for the house to be bought or sold. Mm. Do you remember that one? Oh, well, that I do, and, and I would incentivize, and I would say, listen, if you move yeah. out of this council house, we'll give you a nice two-bed apartment with rent-free for four years or something like that. Yeah. You know, you would incentivize it. Of course yeah, you would. And, of course, but the thing is, the problem is, is and 
the 40,000 houses a year, I think that if that takes in um, apartments, because every apartment block, every apartment is a unit in an apartment block, as you know. So there's quite a lot of apartments coming on board, a lot of apartments coming on board over the next few years. So if they're adding them into that kind of 40,000 figure, it's possible. But the big problem that they're having on a lot of building sites out there is um, bodies. Yeah, of course. So yeah. That, that, that's something that has to be looked at. But I mean, yeah, I think the likes of those retirement villages and instead of nursing homes, you know, um, would be a much better idea. And also building the likes of those, if you take Crumlin Village, there's a lovely little spot there called Father Kick Court. Gorgeous little spot, and it's a senior sit spot, and um, people are living in there. Mm-hmm. And more of them, you know, would really, really help. Because the thing is that you have to remember as well that not everybody who lives in a social house never worked. You know? No, no, well, I, don't, I don't think anybody's suggesting that. Many people just are on lower incomes or whatever it yeah, happens to be. But but, but, but the, the other thing as well is let's look at the private housing as well, Robbie. So we have the same yeah. problem in private housing as well as council yeah. housing. So we have to deal with that differently. So how do you deal with that? Do you tax people out of it? Because that's what Michal Martin is suggesting as well, you know, that, you know, that maybe there would be a tax incentive to move out. In other words, now, the only tax incentive I can think of to move out, and I know it was mentioned last year, is a, is a bedroom tax. Yes, yeah. of course. But, I mean, tax and tax and tax is not the way forward either. Like, I, I dealt with people who were living in houses worth 650 grand, and they were on the bed, red line. And I was kind of going, like, Jesus, like, the two years are all these pensioners here living in a four-bedroom house worth 650 grand, and you're telling me you can't afford to food on the table. That's another problem that's there as well. Mm. But that, that's kind of the, the, history, the history of the people living in the house with memories and so on and so forth. Yeah but, I, I, I'm, yeah, but I'm looking at research that was done here. Now, last year, the Housing Minister, Owen Murphy, denied that he would consider implementing a bedroom tax. Now, the idea was rejected by homeowners over the age of 55 who surveyed that by, was surveyed by the Department of Housing. Two-thirds of the respondents said they had no plans to move, while just 5% said a tax on an unused bedroom would make them consider. So in other words, okay, a small percentage would consider moving if you taxed the, the empty bedrooms. Yeah, but wouldn't, wouldn't an incentive of saying here, look, Mr. and Mrs. Boylan, you're both 67 and 68 years of age, you're living in a three-bedroom house in Kulock, here is a one-bedroom um, old folks' home in a little village with a doctor, a bus and an all, with about 250 other seniors sit, you'll have everything that you need in here. Is that a better incentive for them to say, do you know what, that actually looks a nice spot there than to tax in the bedroom or kind of like, we're going to move you somewhere. Yeah, but, they, well, yeah, but they might want to be renting somewhere where they've just purchased a house and they own yeah. their own house. So what, they could sell their own house to the council or sell it to the state? Yeah, that, that's oh, okay, what okay, Okay, okay. Well, no, no, I get what you're saying. We'll say that because I want to get to Rachel as well before the break. Uh, Rachel, you're an Ireland's classic. How are you doing, Rachel? Hey, Noel, how are you? Good. Rachel, I mean, do you believe it's the right thing to do to encourage people to move out of houses? Because people generally don't want to move out of their houses. No, and i tell you why. And, and, and just hear me out for us. First off, the council to the person living in the house, the land, it's essentially a landlord tenant situation. Yes. And my thing is that, it, like, my kind of point in it is that if if someone is living there for years and years and they're looking after their home, they're keeping, they're really doing, like, they're, they're doing, keeping to their side of the contract and the lease. Yep. In other words, they have no right to actually, in, like, tell them you have to go. I do believe, yeah, I think if there was a lot more than kind of retirement villaging, I think that would incentivize it more. But I think what it is, when people are elderly, they want to have places for their grandkids to come into, their family to come over to. It's, I don't think it's just about keeping the rooms, keeping the houses. I think they want to have somewhere for their family to come back to while they're still alive. And I don't think that's a big ask. 
because like, like well, it, well, it is a, uh, you're saying you don't think it's a big ask, Rachel, but unfortunately no, but it is a big ask when you have a housing crisis. Okay, no, and i tell you why, and i tell you why, because a lot of people that actually do want to get out and to buy a house in the market are priced out, so they're, they're literally left going onto the council housing list, because that's becoming their only option, other than waste thousands and thousands of thousands of thousands on rental. Do you know that way? So it's essentially either, it's kind of, to me, it's like a one or the other. Do you know that way? Okay, so well then, well then how do you solve the problem? And, and I'll go back to that Eurostat statistic, that Ireland has 2.1 rooms per person in Irish households compared to the I EU average of 1.6. I would actually see these 2.1 rooms. <laughs> I would love, I'd love to have half a room extra in the end. Never mind 2.1 rooms. Yeah, but it is, a bit of a, it is a bit of a waste to have one or two people living, you know, in a four or five bedroom house. I knew a guy who lived in, in Ringsend. Yeah, but he lived in Ringsend. He had five brothers and two sisters, right? And his mum and dad. All the brothers and sisters moved out because they obviously all became of age. The mum and dad died and he stayed in the house. And he's in a... Well, he was up to a good few years ago. He's probably dead now, to be honest. It's a long time ago now. But he was in a five-bed house on his own, owned by the no, council. I okay, I understand that. And that, I think, yeah. Now, that part, I think, is wrong. I do think if that person, like, they pass on... Do you know what I mean? I think if it's getting part, like if they pass on, I do think, okay, look, it has mm. to be given back to the council. No, I don't know whether he was lying to the council whether they were still alive or something like that. I don't know. How he kept a five-bedroom house in one person is beyond me. Yeah. Because I, I've never heard of this. Like my uncle, when my granny passed on, she had bought her house in the council. Yeah. And he knew, or he came, like he got the house. I'm wondering what it was. That, well, I want- he rented a room. Do you know what I mean? he yeah, but I wonder what happens. I mean, I'm just curious now because it's just my own curiosity is getting the better of me. But let's say somebody's living in a council house of their own and, you know, sisters and brothers and daughters yeah. and sons and everybody's coming to visit every weekend. And let's say that, that poor old woman passes away. Do the council just move in on Monday after the death and take yeah, the house yeah. back? Is that the way it yeah. works? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, is that, is that literally yeah. the way it works, Robbie? Yeah, the council yeah. just yeah. take the house. Yeah, what happens is that the day that the, the, day that the tenancy, tenancy finishes is the day that the last tenant is living in that house. So what happens is that it's not just handed out. I want, I want to give that to my granddaughter. I want to give it to my son. It doesn't work that way. When the tenancy is finished, if it's Noel and Noel's yeah, wife and both pass away or whatever, once that finishes, council come in, take over the house, redo up the house, and then reallocate that house to a new family. That's the way it works. Well, but that's the way it should be, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, if they want to, I do think if they want to get people like, like that away, you know, downsize them. I'll be honest, I think putting them in apartments is completely wrong. Completely wrong. Why? Why is it wrong? I know, I know, it, mind you, the way you say it, putting them in apartments, asking them to go to apartments, right? Okay, that's yeah, no, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, but listen, if you put in the, okay, if you have elderly persons moving into an apartment, then it's like, because a lot of elderly people have a problem with their walk and their legs, their hips. People are going to say, oh, the list. Oh, Jesus, hold on, Rachel. When we're talking about elderly people here, people whose children have grown up and left the house are not that elderly. I mean, generally speaking, they're over the age of 55. Now, you know, they don't have to be 70 or 80. So when we're talking yeah. about this idea of people being in bigger houses that are too big for them, it's not generally always 80-year-olds. I just use that as an no. example. Yeah, I mean, I it's somebody who's 56. I do think there should be. I do genuinely think there should be, if you want someone to move out of their home, there should be an incentive. I agree with you. But I don't yeah. think it's fair to, to actually make someone do it. 
because okay, so I get so Rachel, let me well, okay. Well, let me ask you the question, right, Rachel? You, you're living in the house, and your kids have all moved on, and you're there. Say, and let's say your partner had passed away, right? Yeah. And you're there on your own in this three or four bedroom house. The council come along and say, Rachel, we've a lovely little two bedroom apartment. It's only three three miles down the road. There, you can still come up and see all your friends. You'll be close to your your family or whatever it is, your daughters and sons or whatever. And I tell you what, we're going to give you the rent. You know, for say the first three years, will be rent free. And that sounds like a nice little deal, but Rachel turns around and says, no, I'm not moving. I'm staying here. I love Inglis. I'm staying here. So what happens then? Yeah, no, like, I, here's the thing, but I think they have a right to, if they have kept to their side of the, the lease. Well, they don't really have a right to. No, I mean, they haven't broken their side of the lease. They yeah, but, you, yeah, they, but they don't really have a right to stay there. No, they yeah. don't, Robbie. The council have an obligation to house you. It doesn't say which house you have to be in. Yeah. No, they do have an obligation to rehouse you if that's if that's necessary. But I do believe when someone has walked, like because I I want to say this, and whether people agree with me or not, the majority of people in council houses actually walk. Oh, they do, yeah, own. yeah. They really, you know, and people, it's just because they're so outpriced from the housing market at the minute that a lot of people there's actually a lot more people looking for council houses. That's why. Okay, well, listen, do me a favour. I have to go into break. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Rachel Robbie. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Numbers 087-188-0008. Couldn't agree more, Niall. Uh, there are too many people living in large houses, both private and council houses in this country, and they need to move on and make those houses available for younger people with larger families. Afternoon, Niall. How are you doing? Uh, just listening to your topic there. So the government want people to give up their houses that they've worked hard for all their lives, that they've reared their families in, just because of their stupidity in not being able to run the country properly and build appropriate houses for the people of Ireland. Look at all these politicians with their trophy houses in Dalkey, Kinsealy, Cork, Limerick, Galway, everywhere you go. Big trophy houses from politicians. And how are they supporting them? How are your pocket and my pocket off the tax? They're making an arsehole of running this country. And now they want the ordinary people like myself coming up to 60 years of age to give up me home and me children are reared and gone and move into a, a shoebox disgraceful they're worse than the English landlords run the country properly and give the people what they need and stop stealing money out of the taxpayers pockets thanks Morris uh, well done Morris ok let me go to Karen Karen you're Ireland's classic kids how you doing hi how are you good Karen I mean you're from Cork yourself and uh, yeah did your, your elderly neighbour gave up their house she did, that's right. She gave okay. up her house, three-bedroom house. You're talking about double-sided front garden, drive okay. in the middle, okay. a side entrance, very, very large back garden. Husband passed away. She moves into very close by now. I mean, literally two, three-minute walk. Um, lovely little apartment, two-bedroom apartment, little balcony. Perfect. Brilliant. Perfect for okay, her. Okay, this story but, sounds good so far, but I know there's going to be a problem. Go on. <laughs> yeah, um, literally, that was about, I'd say, a year and eight months, two years ago. And that lovely house that she did own is now completely overgrown. Windows boarded up. You know, where it was livable for an elderly couple, why wasn't it livable for a family? You know, oh, right. So, so, in other words, it was handed back to the council nearly a year ago. She moved into a smaller facility, uh, mm-hmm. which is perfect for her because she doesn't have to pay large bills and all that kind of thing. Absolutely yep. perfect. And, and this is the ideal situation. This is what the government want. And yet yep. the house is sitting idle for nearly a year. Yeah, oh, for nearly two years. It's well That's over ridiculous. a year and a half, two years. But as well as that, there's another little estate where they were purposely built tiny two-bedroomed houses for elderly people. 
Mm-hmm. And a gentleman in one of those passed away well over three years ago. The house is idle as well. And, what, know, and, and, I, and in your mind, what is the reason why, when, when you see that we have a housing list with 90,000 people on it, what is the reason that you believe those houses are sitting idle? I honestly don't know, but my my theory behind all this is that, you know, I live I live in a private house. I own the house myself. But over the last couple of years, there's been four different estates, little estates now built up around me. Three of them, the way they work is you take out half the mortgage and when you have half the mortgage paid, you then go and purchase the other half of the yeah, house. Yeah, the shared ownership, yeah. Yes, and the other one then is completely council estate. Okay. The difference in the estates is absolutely unbelievable. When you say the, the difference, ones, what do you mean the difference now? The, the ones that are part-owned. Yeah, okay. Their gardens are kept lovely. Okay. You know, they're constantly repairing their houses and upgrading windows and kitchens and stuff like that. So what you're, say, what you're saying to me is, and look, a lot of people have said this in the past, and I'm not having a pop at people who live in council houses as our social well, no, housing. No, no, but, what, but a lot of people have said this in the past is, you, if you're paying for something, you might have more respect for it. Yeah, I think it gives you, like, you have an invested interest in this. And your family has an invested interest in this. Whereby it might be a house that, you know, in time, maybe, you know, the family are grown and gone on. And, you know, Granny's there, left all on her own in the three, four-bedroom house. Maybe the family might join her. Maybe one of the children might buy the house off of her. You know, maybe they might build a Granny flat on the house and, and leave Granny move into Granny flat. And, hey, presto, another family is after being rehomed. If you have so are you, do you think people are turning down this house that's next door to you or near you? Oh, no, I don't think it was offered at all at all. I don't think okay. it was a, no, So why, do you think it has to be gutted and upgraded to modern standards to keep people happy? Yeah, is and that's it? another, that's another mm-hmm. reason why the council should be pushing for families to own their own homes because the council then don't constantly have to upgrade the heating system and oh, the so Well, the council are terrified they're going to be sued if somebody slips over a tile, for example, that they'll yeah, be sued. And, give, and these houses, you know, council housing, generally speaking, when it's being given to somebody for the first time, is up to a very high standard because they don't want to be sued. Yeah, they don't. And, you know, they're constantly, where if they had the money, they could build houses. We we did this, Karen, I don't know about Cork, but certainly in Dublin, going back in the 1980s, they did this. Basically, the council at the Dublin Corporation at the time decided, we can't maintain all these houses. We're being sued too much. We're owed too much money. So I'll tell you what we do. We just sell them to everybody. So they sold all the corporation houses off. Basically, my father bought his house from the council for £1,600 at the time just to get rid of the liability of having them. Now, that didn't work out too well because, unfortunately, now what's happened is most council houses in Dublin of of that era are all owned by people and they made money out of them. So that's not the purpose of building council houses. The purpose of council houses is to help people who can't afford to buy a house to own a house or have a house. Yeah, and I understand that, but I honestly think that the council are just mismanaged and that's my... Absolutely, absolutely. I could walk literally 10 minutes in any direction from my home and find at least three, four houses boarded up. That's shocking. When we we have families living in hotels, that's shocking. Yeah, like last night, my husband even said to me we were going for a walk and these houses are boarded up for the last three years. There's three of them on the main Black Rock Road, three lovely little houses. And he said to me, oh gosh, I didn't actually notice they were boarded up. And I said, 
you know, they've been boarded up for the last two years, but people are so used to just passing them every day, they don't even see them. Look, uh, Karen, you've highlighted a lot of problems and a lot of issues, and well done to you, and I think you're 100% right probably on every single issue that you've highlighted. All right, we'll take a little bit more of that after the break. Thank you very much to Karen and everybody else who got involved there. There's no way would I be even tempted to give up my home. For a start, we're both retired, so we don't pay tax. So a tax incentive is no good to us. Suiting better to go go after people that are living in um, three and four bedroom houses, renting them from the council with just one in them. Go after them. Oh yeah, go after them. How are you, Noel? So um, those people that are in affordable and council housing, they got the, those houses um, when they submitted forms and they submitted uh, reasons and everything else. So um, when those reasons have changed or those specifics, uh, um, like if they had six kids when they went in and now they've only got one co- uh, child because they're all gone now, these should be all reviewed periodically. Uh, they were given, uh, you know, and rent review should be as well. So if they get jobs and if uh, if they're earning more than they did when they first went in, this should be all taken into account. It probably is, but um, I'd like to think it is. But uh, if their circumstances have changed, they got that house for a specific reason. Um, so they should be, if if the reasons have changed, well, then the council should give them a specific reason to move them on to somewhere else, uh, smaller, um, so that they can accommodate the next people that come along. I mean, that's only common sense, and it's helping the common good. But there's an awful lot of people in this country that don't care about the common good. You're right, they don't care about the common good. Some people don't. Bernie, you're in Ireland's classic kids. How you doing, Bernie? Okay, I'll get you back in a second. Sorry, Bernie, you seem to have lost your line there. So he says, now, what a ridiculous idea. People who have worked all their lives, have lived all their lives in a house, and now suggesting they should just move out because the government wants them to. Couldn't agree with the point Morris made earlier on more. Uh, These politicians are living in their ivory towers, and they want us to move out of the house. Bernie, sorry, I have you back there, I think. Are you there, Bernie? Oh, sorry, line one. Sorry, go ahead. Bernie, you're on line one. How are you doing? I'm on, thank you. They Um, they moved you onto the other lines. (laughs) Sorry, Bernie. I do apologise. Go ahead, Bernie. Can you hear me now? I can indeed. Okay. Um, I just have a major problem with the issue altogether. I mean, my husband and I are both from Finglas, and we've worked all our life, and we have paid our taxes. We now have a beautiful home in North County Dublin with our, and we have five children who we also set up with their own homes. Yeah. And the way I see it is they want to come along now and tax us um, so as we move into a smaller home. Because of their shortcomings, they have um, let the country down with social housing. Um, they should take all the houses that are being built and that are um, given to those uh, big gurus that are buying up loads of them and renting them to people. If they stopped that, there would be houses for people who need social housing. Now, just, just to clarify, by the way, when the government talks about tax incentives, there is no um, specific tax incentive they've talked about, OK? The no. whole plan is called right-sizing. Um, and right. and they did, and we're going back about a year ago, I suppose, it was suggested that a property tax be brought in because they did it in the UK in 2013. And the suggestion, according to the housing department, was 5% of people would reconsider moving if there was a property or a bedroom tax, should I say, uh, brought in. Now, they may not do a bedroom tax. They may do something like an increased property tax if it's a vacant room. They may do something else. I don't know. Or they may not do any of that at all. Or they may incentivize you by saying, well, look, if you move to a smaller house, you know, we'll give you a tax break to encourage yeah. you to move. Yeah, 
and they're saying, um, you know, we'll give you three years rent free. I don't have a mortgage at the moment for the last 10 years. No, but that was Why just, no, that was government just, government rent. Yeah, but that's, just to clarify, that was just my suggestion in relation to people in council houses, that, you know, they right. might give a, you know, incentive like tax free yeah. for a certain period of time. That's not what the government have said. I'm just giving, throwing okay. out examples of what might happen. Okay. Yeah. I just have great issues with it. I mean, we've worked all our lives and, and a lot of the people our ages have all over the country. Now, they brought in a property tax, which we pay. So now they want to up that property tax because we have so many bedrooms or they're thinking about it. Mm. I don't see that that's fair. We paid our stamp duty. We bought our house. We paid our income tax. We worked all our lives for our home. And we have the home we want now. And then they're coming in with these great ideas. I mean, they did incentivize people last year to, to rent out a room by in the budget last year by giving that you can rent out a room for up to 14000 without paying any tax on it, okay? And earn money, essentially, from your spare room. That was okay. an incentive idea to try and get, you know, to, to resolve some issues in the housing crisis where you could take in a student or whatever it is, um, which wasn't a bad idea, to be honest. But, you know, I don't know how many people have taken up the option of doing it. But, I mean, would you be interested in that? Would you even do that? No. Well, I wouldn't be for the simple reason that you don't know who's going to be in your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I wouldn't be, I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't be comfortable with it either. No, and as the, one of your callers said earlier on, I, unfortunately I just can't remember her name, about houses boarded up. I worked in Blanchardstown for five years, and there's two or three housing estates in Blanchardstown that are actually a no-go area. And there's loads of houses in them, unoccupied, boarded up, and the reason is because nobody can live in these estates. And I know that for a fact. When you say nobody can live in the estates, what, people are, are, who are being opt- offered the options, they're, they're, they're rejecting them? No, they're, they're, they're just being terrorised. They're just, you don't want to live next door to somebody who's waving a gun in their garden. No, and I certainly wouldn't want that. No. selling drugs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And there's houses boarded up where people are going, no, well, I wouldn't. And I know that for a fact because I've worked with people who wear on the social housing. Yeah, no, and, and I know they have a, a, the right to refuse two houses. Yes. So, and, and, so, and, and, and I'm, I understand why, uh, you know, a couple with two young kids might not want to live in a certain place where, as you no. mentioned, people are waving guns in the yes. front garden. Yeah, and there's a couple, of, there's a couple, because I asked one day when this came up a couple of years ago, I said, look, I pass every day and there's loads of houses up there. Why are people not living in them? And I was told, oh, well, you couldn't live up there. Hmm. But, you know, okay, I'm, but what about, you know, this the kind of statistic that was thrown out earlier on that I mentioned earlier on? And this is the EU statistic that, you know, in Ireland, there's 2.1 rooms per person in Irish households, whereas only 1.6 is the average in the EU. In other words, we do have more people living in houses that are too big for them than any other country in Europe. Yeah, well, my house is too big for myself and my husband. But at the end of the day, it should be my choice if I want to sell it and downsize. I have my grandchildren come and stay with me from time to time. Mm-hmm. What about if you get your little apartment that the government are talking about or your little house on your little old folks' residence, which is a great idea in theory, okay? But what about Christmas when my five children and their five partners and 13 grandchildren want to come and visit or have dinner with us on Christmas Day? Where do you put them? Okay, well, I'm sure Michal Martin hasn't had that problem. But stay there, stay sure there. No, well, stay there for a second because Shauna, you're in Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, Shauna? Hi, how are you? Good. Uh, Shauna, I mean, your nanny was always worried about this. And what when you say yeah. she was worried about it? Now, I'm sadly she passed away, by the way. My condolences. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you. But when you say she was worried, what do you mean she was worried? Like, 
after my granddad passed and they started talking about the, the tax and the extra bedrooms and all that crack, she was she started kind of saying, oh, well, I, I wouldn't want to move. They're like, you know, what if they tried to make me move? And it was kind of stuck in her head that it was make me do this. Yeah. And it was like almost, it was more so they, she was worried they were going to kind of price her out of living in her own home. Okay, of course, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. With the extra bedroom. Now, it was a three-bedroom house. Like, it wasn't a mansion by any stretch of the imagination. But, um... She, like, they, they worked damn hard. Like, my nan and granddad, they worked very hard their entire lives. They didn't get, like, they, they bought their house from the corporation at the time. Like, it wasn't like they, they were in a council house up until the time they passed, whatever else. They owned their house, and they owned their house for years. Yeah, they it bought it from like, the council, yeah. They, that was when they, first, when they first got married. Like, they had yeah. a mortgage when they first got married. Like, so it wasn't, like, that's 1960. So it wasn't like they'd ever lived in a council house or anything like that. But she just, like, I just feel like the anxiety on older people who, like my nan and granddad, worked and worked and worked and had their own homes. The anxiety of, will we be priced out of actually living here? Will we be basically made to move away from my community, from my friends, from my club, from all the things that she'd known for 50-odd years? You know, that sort of well, way. Well, this I, is what I said to Carl Dieter, the property expert who was out at the start of the show, who suggested that people should do it. I said, it's, it's all well and good saying to somebody to move and maybe offering them an incentive to move. But, you know, it's not just about moving house. It's about moving away from your community, moving away from your friends, moving away from your neighbours. And particularly if you're elderly, you might rely on those people. Which is much easier to do if you're a young family. Like yeah. a young couple with a couple of kids. Much easier for them to up and move than it is for an older person to move. And I know there was a fellow on earlier that was saying, you know, it's much easier for an older person because it's one person. It's not a family with schools and all that. That's bull. Absolute crap. Yeah. Like, it's much easier for a family, a young family, to up six and move somewhere else than it is for an older person who has been part of that community for, like, their entire married life. It's not, like... Well, what I'm sensing here today is, with yourself and listening to Bernie as well, is nobody is happy about the idea of this in theory. Now, I understand... By the way, I don't want to put the government across as being the big bad wolves here. There's no uh, right and wrong way of doing this. And the government really haven't said anything nasty yet in relation to it. They're calling it right-sizing, inverted commas. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's a whole plan over the next few years to try and balance it out where you've got families living in a house that's too big for them and families who can't get a house big enough for them and trying to match it all up to try to get people in the right size houses. Now, families that can't get the house that are big enough for them, why, like, what, what is their situation? As in, are they both out working? Are they both saving? Are they, you know, are they doing what they can to move forward in their, in their job? Well, well here's, and, the, see, here's, the, you know, here's what they're saying and here's what Carl Dieter said earlier on. You've got, you know, Mary and Johnny living in a council house, say, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a four-bed council house because they used to have kids but the kids are all moved out. And then you've got, a, you know, Peter and Maura with three kids living in a two-bedroom house which is cramped. And, and that's a council house too. And you're saying, well, surely we should just switch them. Because if it's, a, if it's a council house, then why can't they? If 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 there's two two a couple and a family living in council, why can't they do something like that? Then if you're living in a council house, it gets to a point where all your kids move out, and then you downsize. Well, you well, that's, well, that's essentially house, what they're saying about council houses yeah. that you should um, downsize. But but then should, but if okay. you've bought your house outright, you should be left alone. You've paid all your taxes. You've paid your stamp duty. You've paid your dues on owning your house. That is your house to do with as you wish. Stay in, move away, leave to your kids, do what you want to do with it. So the suggestion of even a bedroom tax, you wouldn't go with that at all? Absolutely. No, again, I want to reiterate that last year, you know, the the then housing minister, Owen Murphy, denied that they were considering it. But to be honest with you, the news today suggests that maybe thinking of it again. Now, having said that... 
the people that have their own houses, leave them alone, let them do as they wish, and then people that are in council houses that are paying rent to the government, essentially, they are basically not at the government's mercy, but you know what I mean? Like, as in... Yeah, but you can't... You they, can't the, the yeah, but I, you know, I get what you're saying. No, I get what you're saying. These houses are owned by the state. You're essentially renting them. Hmm. The state's the yeah. landlord. But, but equally, Shauna... You know, those people, I mean, you might have Mary and Johnny who's lived there. They've lived there for 40, 50 years. They do have rights of tenancy, right? They, they I, do. And, you know, you can't just say, you know, I'd like to be able to say to them, well, look, we can give you a nice two-bed apartment. That'll be lovely. But if they don't want to go, what do you do? Do you chuck them out and say you have well, to go? Why, why is it not in, when they move in first, why is it not in the contract? Well, it is in the contract. In? It is in the As contract. In, then then they, it's contracted. They've signed the contract. But, like, is, I mean, is it, they, but we're talking about the morals of the argument. Uh, but, they, uh, let, me, let me ask Bernie the same question. Bernie, leaving aside private, uh, private ownership, which is what you're involved, okay. obviously, in, and Sean was talking about too, what about council housing? So, you know, that same argument, you know, Mary and Johnny are asked to move to a two-bed apartment from a four-bedroom house... <laughs> You know, so to make room for a family, a young family, and they say, "Well, no, we've lived here for forty years. We're not moving." So, what do you do, well, Bernie? I yeah, I'd be very fifty-fifty on it. Okay, um, it would be a great idea in theory. Okay, but you have an elderly couple that you're moving out of their home, and you're you're moving children into a home, probably from another home where they're established as well. They're probably going to school or whatever. Mm. Um, I just feel that, I just feel that, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of people out there will either agree or disagree with me. But as far as I'm concerned, the government has failed all those people. Mm. They're not building enough homes. They don't, they really don't care. I, I think at the back of it, they really don't care. They're all cosy and they get their wages every week or every month or whatever. They cause this crisis. They, sh- you know, they should be able to put it right. It shouldn't be left to, oh, well, we take this house off of them and we move them and we we put them in there and we move them in there and then the children have to change schools or whatever. I think it's very unfortunate and I think here we go again. You know, the older people are suffering from for their shortcomings. Mm-hmm. People, you know, people, are, yeah, people who've worked all their lives, etc. Yeah, et absolutely. And now they want us. No, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it anyway. As I said, if I want to up sticks and move to a smaller house, that's my choice. Mm-hmm. But I've made my life, and now the government are coming along and saying, oh, well, this and this, and we have a big crisis. And let them sort it out. Let them clean up the housing estates that are no-go areas and allow people to move into them and let them build more social housing. All right, well, look, I have to go into a break. I get what you're saying, and I think a lot of people would agree with most of what you said today and most of what everybody has said today. Uh, but again, we won't know the details of that until the government release more details in relation to it. But they are suggesting incentivizing people to move. Uh, now, if you're in council housing, they will obviously incentivize you by giving you some sort of breaks and maybe a rent break or something on the place you move into. If you're in private housing, they can't actually force you to go, but they could incentivize you in many ways. And one of those incentives could be to tax you a little bit more if you're in a house that's too big for you. Um, now, I know in some countries, but well, particularly in the UK, they charge a bedroom tax. In the United States, for example, they charge large property tax. You know, you pay high rates, for example, in the UK as well, depending on the size of your house. Now, I know we pay a property tax here, but in comparison to other countries, it's quite low. Although some people would argue that we shouldn't be paying it at all because we pay high income tax and VAT rates. So there's a whole argument that has to be had. It's a whole debate. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.